is impossible to live without failing at something, unless you live so cautiously that you might as well have not lived at all, in which case you have failed by default. <laughs> Profound words spoken by J.K. Rowling. Wow. And it really is. This is a show you'll want to listen intently to uh, because this could shape your whole year. And there is something special about this time of year. It's the birth of something new. It's the chance to, uh, you know, turn the leave over, try some new things. This is a show all about failure and what failure leads to. And it leads to something actually very exciting. Well, the big question on everyone's mind, it's a gender thing, or is it? World peace, religion, sex, money, politics, climate change, big business, big ideas, and big egos. Nothing is off limits. As I'm joined by some of the most accomplished and highly opinionated women from the far left, the far right, and the far reaches of the planet. This is Malcolm Out Loud, and you're listening to Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Pleasure. Welcome to Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Pleasure, Season 2, friends. This is Malcolm Out Loud here, and uh, I am so excited. This is like a great time of year uh, because I, I, just, it, I just get to plan things again, and I get to do it all over again. Isn't that the cool thing about life? It is a beautiful thing here. Joining us on the show today, our co-host, Linda Martinelli, is here. She's an entrepreneur, owner, and president of Proforma Graphic Print Source. Jenna Smith is here. She's a psychotherapist, a coach, a human being expert, and she is the creator of the You Are the Manual self-development program. Jennifer Breeden is here. She's an attorney specialized in international law, foreign policy, and overall a brilliant woman. Jennifer, Linda, and Jenna, I am so excited to have you all on the show with me as we kick off a brand new year here uh, at America Out Loud and on Life, Liberty. I'll tell you, okay, so my favorite time of the year is right now. It's when we get this rebirth and we move into a new year. It's one of the more exciting times, I find, ladies, because we get to do it all over again. And we get to plan and we get to shape. And, and I kind of am one of those guys who I like the new. I like, I'm, a, I'm what they call a canoe rocker. So when things get too quiet or too complacent, I'm the guy in there sort of ready for the next big idea, the next big thought. Mm-hmm. But, you know, along the journey of life, those ideas and thoughts, though, ladies, they get us in a lot of trouble sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, people, say, and people say to me, people that know me well say, oh, my God, he's thinking again. Watch out. <laughs> so, Jenna, let's start here with you and talk to me about this exciting new year ahead. And what the hell are we going to do with it? <laughs> okay. Well, what we were talking about before, Malcolm, is how it's such a great time to to take stock of 2017. And we've already done that because we're already in 2018. So, you know, during this time, it's it's so great to go, okay, I've done this, I've done that. And when we talk about failure, the biggest thing I want to say to everybody is to is to let that be fuel. It's like, I don't really believe in failure. It's just more information for the next thing. And so a lot of high achievers have that mentality. Failure is the thing you do to get to your fullest expression. So, you know, it takes off this work, this didn't, and then now what? And have that possibility thinking and that great creative space 
that is so cool about January. If you don't fall into, I need to do this, I need to do that. And if I don't do this, I'm a big jerk. Um, that's the big thing I'm going to say for people to not do is to make yourself wrong or bad all the time because no one's motivated by that. But to let it be this big space of possibility and like, okay, if I could do this and I could do that, what would that be? And I love that stuff. That's it. <laughs> it. Anyone I, else? I love all of that too, Jenna. I'm I'm totally there with you. That is, and and also Malcolm. It's it's a time of rebirth. It's a time of new ideas and new thinking. And um, you know, I'm I'm somebody that gets so excited about the possibilities of life. There's there are so many possibilities and so many ways and roads to take that um, it's just it's just mind boggling. You can there, there's not one right way. You can do so many different things. So this year for me, as you know, Malcolm, um, we're on a new adventure and starting a new company and we're going to see where that takes us. And failure is, you know, it's, it's not a word in my vocabulary as far as a big fail, because along the way of anything that you're doing, there's a continuum of failing. So if you're in a marriage and it's not a good marriage, there's all kinds of things that you could be fixing along the way before it gets to that point where, you know, you have the big fail. Or if you're in a business and something goes wrong, maybe maybe in my business, maybe I don't get a, a job that I really wanted. You know, I go back and rethink those things and say, how could I have done this better? if I were to ignore those things, then the next time I would fail worse and the next time I'd fail worse. So I, I think that we don't need to get to those points where there's a big fail. And for me, I, I get motivated by fear. I think fear is just a great, it can do two things. It can be a paralyzing factor or it can be a motivating factor. And for me, it's motivating because I don't like to fail. So every day of my life, that little niggle of fear of failure is behind me, pushing me to do better things. Mm-hmm. I was it's so funny you say that because I'm the exact opposite. Like I, I don't like that feeling. I have to have something pull me towards it or I just get weird and paralyzed. And, and that's when things can really mess with me. So when I've learned to shift my motivating factors, that's what pulls me. Oh, this will feel so good when it's, when I practice, this will feel so good when I do this, this will feel so good when, and then you're saying the fear motivates you. It does because I don't like, I don't like the feeling of failure. So that motivates me to not fail, but you know, (laughs) I've I've coached people. Um, I, I am also a life coach and I've coached people that have that paralyzing fear of failure. And if you can turn the perspective around and see how it would feel to not fail, um, just in your mind, do it in your mind. It, it really can work wonders with moving you forward. Yeah, I think it's really looking at failure as information because in some cases, even, you know, we're both talking as par- as uh, coaches and Jennifer, you'll have your own sort of life and just people and, you know, that's a whole human p- being experience as well. But failure is information because a lot of people have failure and then what they really want comes into their life. Sometimes it's just the big explosion, the lighting of the match in your life that that thing needed to go five or 10 years ago. But we just don't listen to those little inklings. We don't listen to our body. We don't listen to our, our feelings and, and trust them. And, and how, you know, when I said you are the manual program, we don't always come from life as you are the manual. We're, we're still just going to keep doing it because we did it last year. So a lot of the times failure to me is that, that great destruction that happens in all of nature that's like, okay, this isn't actually the best for you. 
let's let's have it get somehow some sort of some sort of shaking up so that then the thing that really wants to come into your life has space. So I also see failure that way because I've had that happen a lot of times. I wanted to record an album or I wanted to do this or my ego, so to speak, wanted to do this and this and this and this and this without that natural rhythm of my soul as part of that equation. And then the things would break down and then I'd get upset and, and and now it's all about moving these things together and deciding what you want, moving towards it. And failure is just okay when you know that you're on track but okay, it's that, also that, this beautiful Jenna, gift that is a significant point and we, we got to highlight what you're talking about right now because all right so what's happening here is okay we all have a journey we have a destination we have a path and and jenna i totally agree with you that sometimes we're doing something and this other door is opening and we can't really embrace that door because we're stuck in this other thing and it may not be our thing but we're already sort of there. We're already, you know, partially somewhat committed, uh, even though we may not be in our heart committed or, you know, in our mind somewhat. But, and I think that's a big thing about success and failure. You know, success and failure I look at, ladies, is they run parallel on the highway of life. And you can't experience one without the other. Now, I know a lot of people that go out of their way uh, to not fail. And this is like the craziest thing in the world. I mean, because <laughs> that, that, that lane of failure is what's gonna take your success further because I call all of this experience and our experience is so key. It's like when, when we're young and, and the naivety of being young, we don't have that experience and we tend to do stupid shit. And, and years later, I, you wake up and you say, why did I do that? Now, listen, I know that Jennifer Breeden, you can speak to the point that we're speaking about right now because you have some special stories yourself in your life that you have shared before on this show in production, you know, that have taken you to the journey of where you're at. Share with us now. Let's, let's pick that up. It's a great conversation. Absolutely. I mean, I love what um, everyone is saying here today. I love the wisdom from these two women, from you, Malcolm. And what a great topic. I loved what Jenna was saying, you know, how it's almost like that stubbornness inside of us that we don't want to stop. Even if we know something's not really going the right direction, we should change course. Maybe we, we think we know the steps to take us to that goal. It's I think, isn't that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And um, sometimes that's that stubbornness. I know that I've dealt with that. But um, my my story my take on this I guess is a little bit different um not so much not so much in in thinking or ideology but just in terms of uh what I've been through I think there's personal and business failures and my gosh we do not have enough time in the show to discuss um my failures in life and uh, my past and um but part of that is what's made me who I am today you know it's easy to come on a show sometimes actually it's not easy for me but it's easy to be introduced and most of the people I've met recently they meet me as this international attorney they meet me as somebody who's worked with government officials with refugees with persecuted people with uh trying to debunk radical islamist ideology and working with muslim reformers and and doing all these things these government ties and it's it's so funny because i never forget what i've come from or why i've been able to do that people ask how do you go to these places a lot 
lot of times it's because of my failures, because I saw what I deserved and that wasn't the path I was given in life. What I deserved, what I deserved was to be, was to be dead or to be in jail somewhere. Um, you know, but I, I do have a past, you know, I struggled with bulimia for many years and it was life threatening bulimia that came about, uh, my teenage years through that. I went to rehab three or four different times. I made a lot of very poor life decisions, um, about gosh, maybe about 10 years ago. Now, uh, right after my final rehab, I had just been a shell of a person. I didn't know who I was, didn't know where I was going. And I had worked for some, you know, athletic club, some country club, and they fired me. It was very wrongful termination, but I didn't know anything about myself or laws. I was just a shell of a person. And so I got angry. I still had a copy of the credit card. I, you know, made a thousand copies of it and threw it around in a parking lot. And uh, I got arrested for that. And, uh, you know, I was blessed to have a judge that thought, okay, this is somebody who was, you know, sick and let me out. But I, I paid my dues for that. I paid back. Remind, I me, remind me, Jennifer, not to piss you mm -hmm. off. <laughs> I know. I know. It, that's, it's such a funny story when you hear the whole thing. Um, I've been working on a book and I, cause I, you know, I'm, I'm unashamed about it. And, uh, but you know, it got me, it landed me in jail and not like a good cushy jail, like in the middle of Fulton County. If you ever seen the Medea goes to jail movie, I'm fairly certain they filmed it right in that same spot. <laughs> I'm not lying right in the middle of Atlanta. And, uh, oh, no. but it was, but it was amazing. I got to meet the district attorney, see about this program. There was actually a, like a church in the inner city that would help these people that were first time offenders. And then uh, over the years, building my life back up, working at Starbucks, doing all this stuff and realizing I want to become a lawyer. I've been called to become a lawyer and, um, and, and taking what had been, what had happened with me to be able to give people hope, but also utilizing rehabs and all the other failures to learn people, to study people. That's what's kept me alive, even in the Middle East, being able to translate that thought of knowing bondage. And so, I mean, those failures really did catapult me and I've never hidden them. I've never hidden my past. I've never hidden what I've done. Been, being able to, because you take background checks to go into law school, being able to, to do these things, to even get government positions, government meetings, being totally open with where you've been. And, um, and, and I think that that's really helped me. And so I love this time of year because it reminds me of so much of my life and in my past specifically before I started doing what I what I'm blessed and called to do now it reminds me of this path where I had to know that it was okay to open up a new chapter but I also had to know that the previous chapter was going to be used some way it doesn't mean to to forget it it doesn't mean to ignore it it doesn't mean to live in denial of it it just means it's going to be used to build onto the next chapter and that's why I love this new year so much wow yeah that's an amazing story Really? Okay. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, I just took this in a way different direction. But no, yeah, perfect really cool, direction. What's really cool about what you just said is that you are authentic. You are amazingly, and I just love you for that. You know, Jennifer, you know? Thank I, you. You're just, yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, how can you not love what you just said? Hell yes. Hell yes. I mean. And it's the perfect example exactly. of, of taking a failure and mm -hmm. making us making a success because you learned from everything that happened to you. I did. I did. I did. And not just that, like you're exactly right. And that's why I love what you ladies are saying, because it is, I, I don't know, I can't explain it, but I get a lot of people and it's good that it comes out now 
because I get a lot of people now that say, how do you do what you do? How do you go where you go? How do you speak? How do you do this? And it's because, I mean, a lot of it is because, look, I know what I deserved. I know where I've been. I know what I've seen and I know what I've done. I know the failures that I've made in my life, but I also worked beyond that. I didn't hide it. I didn't shame it. And in spite of me being honest about everything I've done, not hiding anything, I've still had doors open. I mean, exponentially, maybe wider than they would have before, but it's also given me the opportunity to be able to understand if somebody's being dishonest or when they're being genuine and truthful and and when they've really messed up. It even translates into working with radicals, people that might have had a radical ideology and feel that shame from, you know, I did believe this stuff. I was raised to believe this, you know, radical ideology or these like, you know, Sharia principles or things like that. I want to be different to give that grace and to say, I get that. I understand that that's okay. You know, let's work through this and knowing when somebody's being authentic versus just trying to, to joke. And so, I mean, that's just a personal thing, but it just shows how failures, I think, have so incredibly impacted not not my life, but so many lives of people that I've known. I'm sure the people on this show today. And um, and that's why I love the new year. I mean, my birthday is actually New Year's Eve, which I just love that picture because my birthday is the last day of every ending chapter. You're kidding And me. it's the last day. Oh, wow. It is. It is. Aren't you mm-hmm. lucky? So so New Year's Eve, yeah. you really get plastered then, yeah? No, so the whole world has a party on my birthday. I mean, so, so January 1. I don't, but I don't get plastered anymore. But <laughs> mostly because, you know, my birthday is also kind of sad. The whole world counts down for the end of my birthday. So when yeah. everyone's cheering, I'm like, oh, birthday's over. Well, but it's also, I have you know, a birthday month. Just, so yes. have the month. It sounded like Jennifer was just, just trucking along, trying to make the best of things and doing what, like that reactive, not knowing any better. And, and we've all, I've done that. I mean, who hasn't done that? And, right. you know, I've, I've always said, I've realized in my own life, the same thing. Like my brother was a drug dealer and my dad went to jail and all these things that happen. And it's such a small town. And so those so-called failures, I call as like a boot camp for our truest expression. It's like pain is purpose boot camp, And Amen. they, they, they form us, they forge us into our fullest expression. And so even looking at the word failure as wrong or bad, I also flip that. I think failure, we, we look at life polarized and then we have happy, sad, good, bad, failure, success. But I think it's all just part of the whole thing. And there's not really failure. You know, when we get focused on that with a failure, I failed. There's guilt and shame and icky feelings. It just sucks when you just go, okay, this is part of a bigger whole and you're letting it move you forward and you're letting that energy move you and you're just kind of getting plopped out the other side and, oh, I want to be a lawyer or in my case, oh, I'm going to be an international life coach and I'm going to be a speaker and then I'm going to sing there. I mean, I would never have known this was how my life would turn out if I didn't let those forging moments, those so-called failures form me. And those are the keys right here that, that both of you are saying is that you learned from the mistakes and, and we're all, we're all going to have failures because we're human. And if we didn't have failures, then I don't know what we are, but we're not human. The, the key is to learn from them and do something with it and turn it to a positive. And to me, the real failure in life is if you don't learn from it and you, and you dwell in it and you just stay in that failure exactly. and you stay stuck. Exactly. Yeah. And Linda, Absolutely. a lot of people do that. They fall into that they do. trap. And you know what it is, yeah. Linda? They start to feel sorry for themselves, you see? And then they feel life is unfair. And then they feel, why has this happened to me? And the sky is falling. I mean, let's face it. When stuff happens and it unravels in the kind of way that we're speaking about here, I mean, like, those are not, you don't always look at those at the moment as the most enjoyable moments of life, you know? <laughs> and it happens, though. 
And we're going to continue this conversation in just a quick pause, friends. Stay right there. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world, to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. With 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Well, we are talking about talking about failure, talking about success, talking about a new year, uh, opportunities, things that you may be seeing. You know, again, a path that you're on right now that maybe isn't the path you should be on, and maybe there's another door to open. Maybe there's something else you've been uh, thinking about. You know, there's never a better time than now to do what it is. And you know what really is sad to me is when somebody wakes up and they're, you know, they're much older in life. Maybe they're in their 70s or whatever, whatever age that is. And they realize they missed their calling. They realize they didn't pursue their dreams. I've seen people in nursing homes at that moment of life where they couldn't even accept what was going on around them because they had missed doing what they really wanted to do in life. That's, that's profound, guys. That's, that's just, that, that's, those are regrets that I hope nobody has to experience because that's got to be the, I mean, think about that. It's got to be the worst part of life that you get to this point and all of a sudden, you know, you realize you've been, well, I guess at that point, Jenna, I would say you're living an unauthentic life, you know? I mean, yeah. Well, okay. Well, I call that, that's the emotional wake up call and the pain of the emotion. And I talk about this a lot is misunderstanding our emotions as guidance tools, but the pain of the emotion is the wake up call. It's, it's the, Hey, there's another way. And too many people just sort of marinate in it and, oh, and they don't reach out. And the thing is life always wants to expand and has infinite resources. And the thing is we've just so got caught in that we have to caught up and we have to do it ourselves and it's all on us. And so what, what could happen when that person wakes up and goes, Oh my gosh, all of these potential resources are on their way to that person to help use that emotional guidance as the action to create those next steps. It's just that too many people don't know that that's what actually could happen. That's the direction that could happen. You don't have to just sit in it and, and sit in that regret and feel so bad when you've done something really terrible you naturally will have an emotion to match that, to just show you, oh, that's not really who you want to be. And then that emotional guidance will guide you to the next steps. But we aren't taught that, you know, we talk about a lot of these things that we aren't taught. So then we just try to do our best. How would they know, Jenna, when many of them are stuck, they look like a deer in headlights, you know? Totally. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, you've got to realize and accept the consequences at some point and move forward. All right. Let's talk about our most unique stories of failure. I really, I've been so looking forward to this little chapter I want to have with you, you ladies right now in this new year. All right. So let's, let's just talk about our biggest failure and what we've done to overcome it. Cause I've got a story later on. I want to tell folks as well, where I screwed up big <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but, but, but the results, and it's an amazing story. And it's a story I've told before about uncle Bernie, uh, but let's come back to that later. I want to go to Linda. Linda, tell us your story of failure and what you did to overcome that. And, you know, how, how do we relate to that today? How can folks use that to the best of their ability today? 
Okay. Well, actually, I don't look at my failure as a failure because it, it all turned out well. When I got married the first time, um, had it, s- several children and ended up getting divorced. And that would be considered a failure, I guess. Although now I just feel like I didn't choose wisely. And by the way, he's my best friend today. Um, But at that time, it certainly felt like a failure. And I had a six-month-old child. I had a two-year-old. There I was, you know, with with no support, with a job, with having to have childcare, and having to raise these kids on my own. And it felt like a huge failure in my life. As it turned out, it was the best thing for me because what I learned from that experience, um, first of all, I learned that I was a much better mother than I ever thought I could be. And I also learned what to choose in life the next time I decided to get married. And I, I learned that there are boundaries that I would not allow to be crossed. And so I chose wisely. And as you know, I have an excellent marriage now. And I have had for, for many years. So I think that, that I don't want to consider that failure, even though it felt like at a, a time, it was a growing step for me to learn what I had not done and chosen wisely at the first time, and that I was going to do better the second time. And those are the lessons from every failure in our life that if we don't take those lessons and move ourselves forward, we are going to stay stuck And that's why I think a lot of women stay in abusive relationships. Um, They just stay stuck because they feel like they can't get out and they, they stay in that failure. And my biggest success through those failures was getting out of a marriage that didn't work for me. And therefore, it made my life move forward and have a very happy marriage this time. Well, I see a lot of people that don't learn from the mistakes. And that's kind of where you're, what you're speaking of, Linda, you, you learn from the mistakes, right? Yes. I mean, yes. But, but I have people I know that, like, they're habitual offenders, <laughs> and they never really learn from the mistakes. Jenna, why is that? Why are some people so profound to, and, and I'm not talking about just casual failure, Jenna. I'm talking about, okay, so they screw up. Uh, okay, so they screw up again. Uh, okay, so they screw up again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and life is just constant screw-ups for some of these people. Why is that? Right. You know, um, it's a big conversation because my first answer is um, certain people are at certain levels of consciousness, whether this is above people's heads, but I, I think all of our listeners are incredibly intelligent, but there's a certain consciousness that we can keep moving up and out of those. But a lot of people get addicted to their victim story or they get addicted to the drama or they get addicted to people help me when I'm in stress, I have, I have a lot of relatives, um, one in particular, I'm not going to name that, you know, he would get into drugs, and then he would get mugged, like big problems, big problems all the time. And I looked at him and I thought, you know, I think this is your only way that you think you operate. Like, this is how people pay attention to you. This is how you get attention from people. This is your thing. You're the screw up. And that's how you get your attention. And when there's no other option, that's where mentors, that's where life brings in like books and things. And some, like sometimes a book will fall right down and someone looks at it and they go, oh. And so the people have to make that choice and have that really scary moment to become something that they haven't been before and to risk being something different. Because in that instance, if that's their thing, if that's what gets them attention in life, if that's what, what makes people pay attention to them, they're going to want to stick to it. So if it means being a drug addict, they will sort of keep doing it because they don't know any other way. 
Wow. I mean, that's that's crazy, but I, I guess. Uh, all right, so let's, let's uh, tell us your biggest lesson in life. What's the biggest failure moment you, you had, Jenna, where you turned it around? And, th- and then we'll go to Jenna. You know, yours? I, I was thinking about this, and I thought, oh, okay. Um, I would say within my 20s, I had created for myself a really freaking awesome life. Like, I really did. Like, I had amazing friends. I was at York University in Toronto, Canada. Like, brilliant friends. I was singing. I got a, a Canadian record deal. It's it's a little bit different. And um, so it was, I would get more money from that when I got sales and everything I wanted was happening. And that was when I did fitness modeling. And I still kind of hated myself. I still couldn't be there with what I had created. I, I did not feel like I was good enough. I did not feel like these people were going to stick around. Like there was this pervasive dissatisfaction, even though everything was going well. And I would call that my biggest failure. Here I am in this brilliant life I created for myself, and I can't even enjoy it. Wow. I mean, hmm. and then you finally realize, and you, 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 you change the whole paradigm. I mean, look what you've done with your life, though. My God, now you're helping all these other people, Jenner, and you're doing some cool mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, well, that was the thing. I was like, screw this. I mean, I'm working so hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do all these things. And I work with a lot of super women like that, you know, like, doing all the things and it's yeah. like yeah but what about you are you even enjoying it so that's my biggest failure it's not actually being present to the brilliance of myself and my life and all of the greatness around me well and jennifer you have turned into mm-hmm. such a remarkable woman of so many talents it's like uh, you really are i mean the things you're doing i'm uh, i'm so proud of you and impressed with the work you're doing globally to improve the life for so many women around the globe tell us where where you were at that moment your moment of failure well, my, I mean, I gave a story of my, my, uh, I mean, my, some of my largest failures. Um, but my, I'd say my biggest, because where I was at in that was just debilitating shame. And I mean, not the kind of shame we feel. And that's something I love to, to speak about or to, you know, help with. Obviously, it's not the context of my work, but I love when it comes up because, um, nothing would have happened without learning to overcome that shame, without learning to stop seeing myself as nothing, as an absolute failure at everything, at everything in life. And I still remember the crossroads. I remember that crossroads in my life. I was working at Starbucks um, right after everything. And, and I was bad at it. And I'm like, you know, I used to score well in, in school tests and things like that. And I, I had been told that I'm smart or something that I could do something. I knew there was this yearning in my heart, but here I am working at a shop and I can't even make a latte right. I couldn't even do Starbucks right. You know, I had one supervisor throw her keys at me and quit in my first three months because I had done such a horrible job of setting the store up for her. And, um, and I just, and I remember that moment, that crossroads thinking, all right, I either turn one way and just give into that shame and say, I will never do anything with my life. I have now messed up so many times on so many occasions and done these horrible things. And, um, and I, it, it doesn't even matter what I do cause I'll never get back together or I can choose to say, all right, God, I'm going to try to see me as you see me. And that's just me personally. I'm going to try to look at myself as you see me. And try to at least fake it till I make it kind of thing and just say, maybe, just maybe you'll have something for me, even if I don't believe it. And I'm going to repeat that to myself until I believe it. And slowly by slowly, but surely, I started to believe it. 
And everything changed after that. It was needing to overcome that shame and needing to really just walk away from, I am absolutely worth nothing. I will never be able to do anything. And I don't care what people have told me, what the potential could be. I can't until I started to believe, all right, you know, God has made something amazing and I'm going to just go out and do it. And it was, it was learning to believe that I am better than I felt like I was. And that was really where everything turned around. Um, and just really, it's, uh, it even started knocking out the fear, um, just the, that debilitating fear in life, just thinking I've already screwed up so much. How can I turn my life back around? It, it was, it was trying to see, okay, God obviously saw something enough, you know, he's taken some lives of people that have made the similar mistakes, um, you know, brought them home and why not me? You know, what is that? And so that's what it was. It was overcoming that shame. That is so cool. <laughs> Because when you really look at it, there's this elevation moment, right? And then just that that mustard seed, the faith of the mustard seed to go, maybe I'm not a big piece of crap, you know, like, and it is that language. Like I felt that way too. Like I had debilitating shame as well. And I think, you know, people like us, when you see on the radio show and Linda and Malcolm, it's like, you know, we're in a big parade and we're special and, you know, we're willing to be seen, but there's a whole journey that, you know, all of us go through. But that, that moment where we're like, I am more than this minuscule feeble thing that I've let myself believe I am. And then everything starts to turn around and we start to see ourselves and just believing it for that moment starts to set, set a new stage for that new experience. And the chat, the, the way I always look at it is so very simplistically, rather than trying to make it all difficult for myself, I always see my myself on this road of life. So when I picture crisscrossing the United States on the road, there's, there's any number of turns. And if I'm on a road and that road is not working or some, you know, there's a roadblock or a failure or whatever happens, I have the option to make a U-turn. I have the option to make a left turn, a right turn, a diagonal turn, whatever it is. I can go a different direction. And that's, that's where I think that for me, that, that visual just gives me so many opportunities to take whatever is happening and do something different with it. You you know, Linda, it's funny. It reminds me of all Mm -hmm. the times in the car driving, people would always ask me, uh, like, why are you going this way? Or why are you going that way? Or what are you doing? And because one of the rules I had for myself on the roads was that never, I don't like to get stopped. I don't like to be at red lights stopped. So I would always take a right because you can go right on red, you know, right? Yeah. So, right. I'd ta- I'd take a, so I had a different way every time. So I'd take a right on red. In other words, I always kept it moving to find another way to get through to get to my destination quickly. So a lot of the times I would go what people thought was the long way around, but I never stopped because I kept going and I always beat them to where we were going. <laughs> so one of the lessons in life is never get caught at a red light. I always keep turning right on red, right on red, right on red, really. You know, when you um, you talk about, uh, Jennifer, you said something uh, that caught my, my mind a moment ago when you said, fake it till you make it. I want to talk about that. Uh Actually, that is a really good thing to bring up here uh, for folks to hear because there's another way to look at that, okay? This fake it till you make it. I want you to understand what that means, friends, Um, because Zig Ziglar would say, uh, uh, he would call that different. You know what he would call that? Zig Ziglar would absolutely call that be, do, have. Be, do, have. That's what he would call that, you see? So in other words, you have to be what you're going to be. You have to do what you're going to do before you're going to have. Be. That makes sense. Do. 
mm-hmm. have. So in other words, if, before you have it, you're going to have to be it. Do you understand the difference of what we're talking mm-hmm. about here? So you've got to pl- put yourself, like you're saying, fake it till you make it. So you've got to put yourself in that position. You've got to be who it is that you're supposed to be, uh, even if you're not quite there, like you were saying, Jennifer. You know, you've got to be that zig would always say that zig was amazing and i i've I've seen zig many times live he's crazy great i'm gonna add that it's actually a moment of surrender like i know for me it was and i think when i'm hearing jennifer's story there's actually a surrender because it wasn't like i'm gonna be amazing that was not the first thought like at all (laughs) it's like i'm entertaining that maybe i'm not worthless that's right. Like, that's right. That's right. Part of that, like maybe there's a higher power that thinks something of me that I can't see right now. So I'm going to fake that, that my higher power, mm-hmm. I, I choose that to be God in my life, but some people have different things, but that that's, I'm going to choose that something beyond myself, someone bigger than myself sees something in me, whether that's energy, whether that's right. life, whether that's this world, that some some reason someone out there sees something better in me that I can see right now. So I'm going to choose to believe that that's true about somebody else until I can believe it Perfect. for myself. Perfectly well, well said. That too. And I have to surrender right now to a commercial break, ladies. Uh, so <laughs> well done. Well exactly. done. Exactly. So as we pause here a moment, during the break here, friends, you're going to hear a spot that we run frequently on America Out Loud from Healthy Cell. And I want to tell you right now that uh, we're real excited to put Healthy Cell on this platform because I started taking it myself about, I don't know, seven, eight months ago. I was sent a month's supply from a friend. I needed it. Yeah, I wasn't always taking good care of myself, friends. And the one thing I learned about success and failure, ladies, if we don't take good care of our bodies and our in our in our minds, our spirits, who we are as people, and we get that fear factor and the stress, it's gonna wipe you out. And I was there just over a year ago in the early origins of this network. I was really worn out uh, and was spinning circles, working around the clock and not taking care of my body. You understand? And I was having troubles. I mean, I was in the hospital a couple of times back and forth uh, with my gastro system and my, it's just a mess, just not really paying attention. Stupid, stupid stuff, you know. And I got the healthy cell in anyways, and I, I'm not a vitamin kind of guy. I don't really take a lot of these vitamins and stuff. I'm just, I just not into that whole thing, all these commercials and everything, you know. But I thought I'd try it because I had it. I said, why not? And I'll give it a shot and see. And I took two in the morning, two at night, and I just was floored at the success. I called the company up in the Northeast, and I spoke to them. And I said, you know, I want, to rep- I want you guys to be represented on the platform here. I want to bring some value to our listeners. And I negotiated a price. So when you hear the commercial during the break, we get it, America Out Loud listeners, we get it for seventy nine ninety nine. Not It's either 109 or 119 whatever it is. And we get free shipping as well. They don't. Others don't. So we get free shipping, seventy nine ninety nine for the supply, and healthy cell. And it's great because it, 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 get, it goes to the cells of your body. And everything to do with aging and how you feel is all related to ourselves. My God, I've learned so much from these people. Like, it's crazy stuff. And every time I hear they're coming up with more stuff and doing more things, I get so excited for them. They really are a cool company and cool, cool people. Haven't just met them recently, but I like what I see. The inventor, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, uh, was a Nobel Prize nominee and a Goosey Prize winner for his uh, masterfulness of learning about cell health and what he can do for it. Anyways, with a new year, new style, new you, got to be healthy, healthycell.com forward slash out loud, and I'll see you just on the other side of this pause. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health. 
Sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older, until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multi-nutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Let the silent voices be heard. It's the rallying call that started it all. AmericaOutloud.com For a wide spectrum of programming from world and political news, societal and cultural stories, law enforcement, our military heroes, and much more. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are back, friends. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of pleasure. Season two here, and uh, hey, listen, our co-host today, Jennifer Breeden's here, Linda Martinelli, and Jenna Smith. And whole new year, new excitement, and we're talking about you know, success metrics, failure metrics, you know, things we can do in our life, and how do we get better at it. You know, it comes to a moment in life that you realize that uh, you, you you need to take a new journey. There's a new path in front of you. You've, you've got to... Uh, You've got to change it up. As Jenna was saying early on, you find this new opportunity uh, that is maybe opening up over here, maybe a new door or something, and maybe you're caught in another part of the world in a chapter that you haven't been able to really get out of. Sometimes you just got to make the leap, ladies. You got to just sometimes make the leap. I call it make the leap, brink thinking. Get to a point of your life where you're a brink thinker and you're not afraid of what's in front of you. I have a whole other part to Malcolm you may not even know. Uh, my, my site, MalcolmOutloud.com, totally separate from everything on the platform here. It's all about inspiring people to be their very best. You'll find no politics here at all in this world because that's not where it's at for me there. This is all about inspiring us to be the very best we can be. And you'll find all the good stuff there, great pieces I've written and videos and just to help people be better, a better them. I uh, love people like Zig Ziglar and other people who are making the world a better place. So I want to encourage everybody to check it out. But ladies, let me share with you my story, please, if I can. If you'll indulge me a moment, maybe, yeah? Of and, course. Uh, and let me <laughs> share with you what happened. So I was at a point in my life in my, um, I was uh, still a young man in my 20s, and basically I lost everything. I lost my house. I lost my car. I lost everything. I mean, it was, it was gone. I mean, it's pretty sad when your car is taken out of your driveway. Um, and uh, so, you know, I've been there as well. I know what it is to have nothing. Sometimes people see me today and they ah, you wouldn't know what it feels like. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I wouldn't know what it feels like. I exactly know what it feels like. Don't even tell me. I was there when I couldn't pay the electric bill. 
you know, nobody else was there, ladies. Come on. I mean, have you all been there when you couldn't pay the electric bill? Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, needing to pay off debts. And in those days, I was needing to pay off debts. I almost get angry when a store clerk asked me to open a credit card because I'm like, you don't even understand where my credit is right now. I know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, those right. kinds of things. So it's all, it, it seems to, when it rains, it pours. And is it, When it rains, it pours. Now, li- listen to what we're saying here. I want everybody to take this in, uh, Jennifer. I want them to bring this into their bodies and understand their minds what we're talking about here. But it is those moments of life when you, I call it when you can't pay the electric bill days. We all have had them. I'm telling you, kids. So don't go around thinking that other people walk in ivory, live in ivory towers and fly on magic carpets and that nothing's going to happen to them because it's called life. It is indeed life and stuff's going to happen. So anyways, back to the electric bill, paying the electric bill. And I couldn't pay the electric bill. And I lost my car. I lost my house. I lost everything. Well, my uncle, Uncle Bernie. Remember I told you my Uncle Bernie story earlier? Yeah? Well, Uncle Bernie, he was a master salesman. He used to sell these check writers. So he made fantastic money. Well, I could sell anything, but I didn't want to be in sales. I wanted to get into the advertising marketing world, but I couldn't afford that kind of a job. It was a luxury. You understand? <laughs> and so I went ahead and I... Uh, um, I found myself at a very desperate moment. Bernie says to me, you, you've got to try this. You can make some real money. Now, come, swallow your pride and get up here to the Northeast and stop it. So I listened to Uncle Bernie, and I went up and trained with him for a week in the cold weather. It was snowing out. I left my little ones back here in, in, in the warm weather, and I went up north to um, take on this new journey, figuring not, don't know what the hell it's going to be. After losing everything, I mean, I didn't have $5 to get to the local Arby's, believe me. And so now I'm up in the Northeast training with Uncle Bernie on this job I did not want to be in. I had no winter clothes. It was snowing out. Life sucked. (laughs) I mean, it sucked with a capital S, ladies. And um, I was really feeling bad for myself. I I felt like, ah, I deserve better than this. So I'm up there and I'm using my father-in-law's car. And my father-in-law had a Ford Fairmont, a beige Ford Fairmont. Now, ladies, if you've ever driven a Ford Fairmont, you can close the trunk and they're like aluminum foil. I mean, they're so lightweight, there's nothing to these cars. You understand? Yeah. So I'm driving his car around, and it's a snowy day, and now I'm on my own selling these check riders, these ungodly things. I had no idea, but now I'm out on the road. Now I'm going to be successful as some star salesman. Yeah? Okay, cool. I see this company at a corner. I still remember their name today, New England Linen Supply. I see that company on that corner just as visual today as it was yesterday, as it was many, 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 many years ago. And I went upstairs. Uh, It was up on the second floor. And I made a sale to a lady. Her name was Jane. And I made a sale to her up in that place. And I thought, oh, I felt so good, ladies. It's because you made like several hundred dollars off the sale, you know, right? And I thought, oh, man, I felt like this was winning, right? Okay. And she said, well, come back at right around noontime, about 1130, and you'll get the check because I've got to have him sign the check. I said, okay, cool, cool. So I go out and didn't make any more sales. This was in the morning. I come back at 1130, get the check. She says, well, the owner doesn't want it. I'm sorry. I thought he would really like this, and I signed, but it's not going to work. And, and then I couldn't save the sale. And I remember walking outside. I walk out to the Ford Fairmont, the, the beige Ford Fairmont. I, I open the trunk up with the keys, set the keys down. I have no winter coat on. I've got just a slim little jacket. snowing out. Wind is blowing. The wind blows the trunk closed. Guess what's inside of the trunk, ladies? Oh, no. <laughs> Your keys. My keys are in the trunk, Linda. All right. So now I'm sitting up there, and I thought, this really sucks. I mean, this 
guy's got to be a whole new low. I can't even, you know, buy a cup of coffee up the road. <laughs> and I'm up here training in the winter. Family's back in the south. And I look upstairs, and I see up on the, up on the second floor this Lady Jane looking down at me. And she sees I locked my keys. And I thought, and there were no cell phones at the time, ladies. <laughs> so I didn't have a cell phone. So I went upstairs and I said, could I use the phone, please? And she looks, she said, I'm so sorry. She said, I, I understand. She said, That's right. So I called my father-in-law. He said, oh, no problem. He hopped, skipped. He, he was about an hour away, almost an hour. He drives over, gives me the keys. I, 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 I get the keys back on. I get the car. I go up to the donut shop. And I begin to cry in the donut shop like a little baby understand <laughs> feeling life sucks it's not good the father-in-law brings me the key i got this rent this his car i'm a, it, it's it was just a mess life was a disaster and long story short i went out that afternoon i sold two check writers ladies the next day i sold three the day after that i sold four i called uncle bernie he said wow he said i cannot believe it he said you sold all the units i gave you i said yeah he said, well, let's get up to Boston right now. We'll get you the money so you can get it back home. I said, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm on a roll. I, I want some more check writers. He said, but Malcolm, you need... I said, just please bring me some more check writers. Let's just do this. So I, I was had this in my mind. I wanted to break a record. I wanted to sell these units. He brings me a trunk, trunk load of more check writers. I go out. Ladies, I sold 26 machines in nine days. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you. Do you, you want a job, Malcolm? You, let me tell you, wow. Boston was really happy. He, the owner who didn't know my name or the, gave me the time of day a week and a half before then came over, put his arm around my neck. He said, wow, he said. Now, most of them were old timers working there. So I was this young, young turd who came along who was like, okay, you know, whatever. And that's my very interesting story of turning failure and turning it into something more, ladies, you know, something in life that was more. I learned a lot of lessons from that. Uncle Bernie was an incredible man. I, he's not here anymore today. Uh, we lost him a, it was just a few years ago now. But he was such an empowerment to me and somebody who I um, respected so much. And So I, he's iconic, Jenna, in my life. You know how you get people that are iconic in your life, you know? Oh, yeah. And he, Uncle yeah, well, Bernie that's part is of iconic. It. What's that? That's part of the whole failure thing is like being willing to let in help from all different sources and, and receive it because so many people don't. I know. I know. That's what he said to me. But I didn't want to sell this and I was determined not to get involved in it. And I just and because he tried to get me to do it months before then, before really the shit hit the fan, Jenna, before I was like down yeah. on my luck, you know, like there was nothing there, you know, because I was so headed. Yep. I was going to do it my way, you know, like Frank Sinatra, do it my way. Right. Well, that's how I was going to do it my way. <laughs> And then all this yep. happened, and then I went through the snowstorm of life or the snowstorm of hell, and then I come out the other side, and sure enough. So, yeah, Uncle Bernie is so iconic to me now. I see him as um, just an amazing person. I so wish he was here today. He'd be so thrilled to see what we've done today, ladies. He'd be like, huh. He'd be like glorified to know what's happened in all of this journey now and where life has taken us. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. You know, Malcolm, your story reminds me, I think it was, well, not even that, just so many aspects of this conversation today. I mean, what a beautiful story and, um, you know, and just that, that willingness to share vulnerability. Um, but I was, I think it's Thomas Edison and I'm sure I'm going to screw this up, but I think it was Thomas Edison's quote. He, uh, he was the guy who created, invented the light bulb that, uh, when somebody asked him about it, he had failed like 260 something times to get it right. And when somebody asked him about, you know, how does it feel to, you know, fail 260 times he goes actually I just looked at 260 times it didn't work until it finally did 
And uh, he didn't even look at it as failure. He looked at it as just 260 times that uh, just didn't work. 260 times to get it right. To get it right. That was it. That's all it is, Jennifer. That's all it is, love. You can never give up. It is about determination. It is about persistency. It's about a lot of these things. So a lot of lessons here in a new year of opportunities. But one of the big lessons that Jennifer you put out there is the be do have which is fake it till you make it which is really be who you want to be today no matter what is going on don't let anybody tell you you can't do it hell no that's that's baloney don't take no for an answer make the leap in your life you know isn't that it ladies come on you know right Mm -hmm. and don't don't let yourself tell you that you can't do it you know I I saw Jack Canfield who wrote chicken soup for the soul a couple of months ago. And one thing that he said to me stuck in my brain. Um, if you take, if you take the word, let's say your new year's resolution resolution is I'm going to lose weight, but you say to yourself, I can't lose weight. I've been trying for years. I can't change that word. Can't to won't. So now it becomes, I won't lose weight. Now the responsibility is on me. And then you change that to will. And it, it just changes your whole perspective. And if you take the can't and change it to won't and change it to will, it, it just, it makes you just keep moving forward and you can do things. And if you don't have that mentor, which is such a wonderful thing, like your uncle Bernie to have, everybody doesn't get that. You can do it yourself as well. Linda, the yeah. can't, can't, won't, will, uh, write a column for that for the new year for America Out Loud. Will you love? I will do that. Yeah, can't, won't, mm-hmm. will. I love that's that's your version of be, do, have. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't, won't, will. I love yeah. it. And I'm going to write a column on Uncle Bernie, by the way. Nice. And Jenna, what are you going to write? You know, I just had to add, because I think there's a lot of motivational stuff that sounds really good. And then there's the people that still don't believe in themselves. And so I, that's why I believe in the body stuff and the energetics of visualization mm-hmm. and the meditation. And just for me the surface stuff didn't work for me. I really had to go deeper within and work on the energetics. And so once you get that together and you see it and you, you land on who you really are in that self development journey, I know this is complicated. It's not like a a three step thing, but truly that there is a you that wants to emerge that has nothing to do with your ego and how to access that. And it's already in front of you. So the, you are the manual could be an easy article because that's really what it is is that your life is already telling you who you are and what lights you up is telling you what direction to take in and what feels bad is telling you don't go down that road so i believe there's an intelligence in life taking you to your fullest expression and that if you just link to that everything goes from there Mm. well said you know it has been such a joy to get to know you jenna smith i'll tell you you know you are a lady well beyond your years of wisdom (laughs) jennifer breeden what do you say Mm -hmm. What are you writing? Oh, I love this. I mean, oh, what am, oh, what am I writing? Gosh, I, I, man, Malcolm, I have like three articles for us, uh, for our website, for your website here. <laughs> I love it. And the, love it. on the burner. So I'll, I'll get one of those out. It'll be good. I promise. It'll yeah. be well worth the wait. Yeah. It's got to be something for the new year, something we can all uh, embrace. I want to take a moment to, again, empower everybody listening to the broadcast today. Please to remind you that you can you can be, you can do, you can have. You've got to listen to a lot of the words you're hearing. One thing about this show is the wisdom that is here. I, if we could bottle this wisdom, ladies, if we could take all of this wisdom from all of these extraordinary personalities on life or liberty, I mean, all of them, you know, by golly, would that be worth something, huh? Hmm. Mm. I mean, 
think about all of the power and, and the knowledge. And so that's what is being shared here all the time in this, uh, uh, on this production, this show. It's an incredible body of work, I call it. Again, at America Out Loud, we're doing a lot of the heavy lifting there. There's some exciting things that are happening right now. And as you've now seen into this new year that is happening, you're seeing all this new programming. You're seeing new conversations happen. New friends are being made. And really, it is really shining a spotlight and letting the silent voices be heard. And for that, we are grateful and very, very proud of all the work here. And I'll tell you what, today's show, I am dedicating this particular one to Uncle Bernie, by the way. Okay? Mm. And what, a, what an amazing man he was in my life. I could sit here right now and just cry all over the microphone for my love for this man and uh, what he brought into my own life. Uh, never, never did he give up on me. He always believed I was a success. And so we can turn our failures into success. It all comes back to you and control of your mind. It's all mind controlled. It's all about getting to that moment of your life, friends, and taking the leap. I call it taking the leap. Brink thinking. So we're looking for brink thinkers, people that get to that magic moment of their life and they make the right decision. They're really stories of perseverance. They're people that, that just, and this is the best of humanity. This, this is what, what I'm speaking about now. And the world is full of brink thinkers, and many of them don't even know it. And that's what's so magical about it. We'll continue to do this here with you, friends, and bring this forward. We look forward to an exciting year. And again, thank you for being part of this and sharing the journey here with everybody. We so appreciate you being here. Jennifer Breeden. Linda Martinelli, Jenna Smith. This is Malcolm Out Loud. Happy 2018 to be continued.